0: He, uh, first of all, praised Rhode Islanders, and then he expects an economic upturn. Now, he's not a financial advisor. You are. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think
1: of that? Well, I share the same optimism. I expect a a V-shaped recovery. There's a lot of money uh, going to individuals. There's a lot of money going to the states. We've had a couple of rounds of stimulus, like about $2 trillion. And I'm very concerned about the deficit, as everyone is. And I've said this many times. We wish, I wish, we had a $25 trillion economy and we had a $5 trillion debt and we could easily absorb this. But we're basically one for one. So it's going to be $3, 4000000000000 trillion that's going to be... Uh, spent by the government the government cannot by itself prop up a 25 trillion dollar economy but eventually this money is going to be spent you've got people sitting at home uh who can't get haircuts except for the governor you've got people who want to go out and eat at restaurants who are pent up you got people want to take vacations you got people who are going to shake this off and take cruises so you've got a lot of pent-up demand and then i i've seen it from uh you know, people doing estate plans. People are really thinking about their mortality now. And so people are going to say, well, hey, you know, I want to spend money now. And so I share that optimism. Um, I got a, a good half dozen taxes uh, yesterday morning um, in support of Seth and liking what they heard, and, uh, and I am a big supporter of Seth, and I don't think anyone would be texting me with a lot of negative stuff, so I think that's a terrible way to decide if um, you know, people like him or not. They, you know, People know I, I think he's doing a good job. And we did talk about the issue, and you know, he knew it was coming. I do not agree with him on the socially aware investing. I don't think it, that has a place.
0: Can you give us an example of socially aware investing? When I heard that term, I was a little bit confused. What yeah. does that
1: mean? Well, let me, let me take an institution, That say a Catholic institution. Um, they have things that they do not want to make money on. Uh, contraceptives, alcohol, Tobacco, firearms, nuclear weapons, those are the main ones. So when you're doing socially aware investing, and you know UBS is the world leader in that. There's a lot of companies who do it very, very well. As a matter of fact, Seth Magazine, I work for Trillium Capital in Boston, and they do that as well. So you screen those things. So if you have uh, Smith & Wesson. So you if you, you had
0: a client with the Diocese of Providence, mm-hmm. they would give you a list of clients that uh, they do not want to make money off of.
1: Um, They wouldn't give us a list of clients. They would give us a list of issues that they have that they're concerned with. Okay, It's up to
0: you to identify them.
1: Yeah, for example, we do not want to invest in Pfizer because they make contraceptives. We do not want to invest, and I decided to use Colt 45 the other day, and I think they're out of business. But Smith & Wesson, we do not want that. We do not want to have somebody make assault weapons, so on and so forth. So those are screened. I just don't believe, and I can't be convinced otherwise, that that a state should be screening for those things. For example, we talk about Harvard, we talk about Yale. Harvard's got the largest endowment at about forty billion dollars. Yale's got one around thirty billion, but uh, Notre Dame has got one around. Uh, I should look it up, but about 15, it's probably about 15 billion dollars now, and they don't do any socially aware investing. You know, one of the most famous Catholic institutions in the world, and they want to make money. You know, you know we, we, uh, we don't care about that stuff. As a matter of fact, 60% of their portfolio is alternative investments, and it's very, very difficult to screen for that, because you don't know exactly what they're investing in.
0: So, he, uh, you asked him about that. Uh, I was listening to the answer. I, I sort of had an idea of what what that meant, that concept. And uh, he um, uh, he didn't look like he was going to change his mind, though.
1: No, no. no. I mean, I've, I was thinking about this as I was driving this morning up here, and I'm thinking about the only politician in my life that I've agreed with almost everything that individual has done is Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. and I, 95% of what the treasurer is doing I agree with, and I'm not sure this is even 5%, but it does point to a social... Uh, liberal leaning that, that he'll have and i think he will be our next governor and i think he'll be more effective than gina but uh, you, you still got that little bit of um socially liberal leaning and but i think he'll be more fiscally conservative
0: it is a telephone talk show and someone is on the telephone ready to talk So i think that's a good reason to press the magic button and say hello to you thank you for calling
2: yes good morning gentlemen good, good morning, morning. I listen to your show every week. You're very informative. I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I got I got one question. Maybe it's a silly one. Uh, I got a form yesterday to uh, for to uh, for voting. Yes. Uh, for mailing ballots. Yes. Uh, are they going to have uh, voting places, voting polls like we normally do, or do we have to fill these forms in?
1: Well, that's, I guess, the $64 billion question is that they're trying to, and correct me if I'm wrong, Raj, but they're trying to position that they may do uh, remote uh, voting, mail-in voting, and they're encouraging people to do it. So we don't know what's going to happen in November. I'm extremely optimistic that we're going to be able to vote. And, you know, people put on memes in Facebook saying, well... If people can go, maybe we should move the voting booths to Target in Walmart because people are very close to each other there and they have no problem. So, right. I'm, you know, I think, you know, and I'll say this, I think the only way the Democrats could take the White House is if there was voter fraud. So I'm very concerned about what's going on with Rhode Island. I, I, I If I could vote for the president 20 times, I would, and I'm, I'm joking, but my vote's not going to matter because it's going to be 64% Biden anyway.
3: Sir,
0: I got that uh, letter yesterday, and I am going to write in my magic marker across it because I can mail it back. I do not want to participate in uh, voter fraud, so therefore I'm against uh, mail-in ballots. And I'm going to mail it back to them, and when they open it up, they're going to see that message because I am so damn against this Oh, uh, right. s-
3: hello. I should like to make a couple comments, please. Yes, sir. Just as you were talking about saying I will not participate in voter fraud, I was writing that on the form to send back.
2: <laughs> and,
3: and and by the way, this this particular mailing really does show how this voter fraud can happen mm-hmm. because they have two forms, one in Spanish, one in English. So I took the Spanish form, and I wrote in Swedish, and in French, I don't speak Spanish on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sending that back, too, because this is ridiculous, because it's theoretically, it's addressed to the same person. If you filled out both forms, could you get two ballots? I would think so. I was yes, thinking I would the, think the same so thing. thing I would think so too This is wrong This is totally wrong And if we can stand in line at Walmart Or wherever else to buy our groceries Because we all have had to do that We can distance and we can walk to the polls And we can get there I refuse to participate in this
0: Well I hope you send it back with a note Oh
3: Oh, I am (laughs) I am, I wrote right on I refuse to participate in voter fraud And I put big X's on it And all kinds of stuff
1: Anything else sir?
3: No, that's quite enough. Thank you so much. you
1: have much. a comment Thank for this gentleman? Well, I was, I was going to say, I don't remember every question I, I ever ask every person who comes up. But I was really, and Roger knows this, I was really put off by Nellie when she came up here. And she acted like she was the president of the United States. So her attitude is very off-putting to me. But I asked her that question. I directly asked her that question two-thirds into the interview. Is it possible that we could have mail-in voting... Uh, Consistently, uh, and she said, "Absolutely not. That would open things up for voter fraud." And she well, di- she, she dismissed my question, um, and it was it was the only one that I felt like she dismissed. The rest of them, she answered, you know, relatively openly. But I asked her that question, and she's she said, "No, it would be right for uh, right for voter fraud." Thank
3: you, sir. Okay, thank you so much. You, you have a great day. Bye.
1: All right. Uh, did we tell you
0: this is a uh, telephone talk show? Well, we did, and guess what? The telephone has rung, and somebody wants to talk on the talk show. Let's take our next caller. Hello there.
4: Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I also received my mail and ballot from Nellie Gourbea yesterday. But it wasn't addressed to where I live. It was addressed to my neighbor's house, and it was under a name that I never, ever used for voting. The first time I voted was in 1976, and it was for Jimmy Carter. And I never used that name to vote, ever, ever. So I'm wondering if someone else had received that under a certain address, could they have changed the last name and said, oh, by the way, this is my name now, and I'll, I want to vote mail-in ballots. This uh, is such fraud. Possibly.
0: Possibly. What they're doing, I think, is uh, if, you, if you see the number of people <clears throat> that actually turn out to vote, at a voting place in one socket it's much much lower than the number of people who are registered to vote so what i think uh... nelly did is that she sent out uh... these these uh, communications to every human being that they have on their on their roles whether they participate regularly in elections or not by flooding the market with hundreds of thousands of these things that you received um, you can do anything with them at that point. You can write anything. And what happens is then, then you become registered and you become uh, able to vote. So if you can get a hold of, uh, I, think, uh, I think Mr. Boulay said, uh, I think he's, he's got a hold of four of them. Uh, so uh, I think you can do pretty much anything you want with them once you have them in your hands and get on the voting rolls. This is, um, this is how the fraud happens. Definitely. Now,
4: if I wanted to vote for Trump twice... I could send this back in and say, oh, well, it's just that I won't be able to vote in my normal
0: place, but I'd like to receive my mail-in ballot. The uh, crap will hit the fan when Nelly G- Gubara announces that we receive so many mail-in things that we're not going to have open polling places. That's when Roger, who is pretty passive, um, I, think, I, I think that finally I'm pushed over the line when you're telling me that i can't go vote when in fact i can go uh, buy a roll of toilet paper uh when yes. in f- you know i can do i can do pretty much anything i it's not like i can't eat i can still get a K's sandwich you know it's not like uh, i, I can't, can't sit down with the barber i can still get it don't deny me my voting opportunity in person yes and i've
4: stood in line over for hours waiting to vote when I really wanted to vote for someone. So I don't mind standing at a six-foot distance to go vote, and anyone who does is lazy.
1: One of the um, Democrats that the Province general is not in love with is Miss Nellie Gobier, and they were very upset, and they've taken the Secretary of State to court because she decided unilaterally to take off the birthdays dates of every voter. And the province you know, did a follow-up. Maybe three to four weeks ago, there are 255,000 people on the voting rolls that the census doesn't count. So, if you're like, uh, I was going to say, uh, was it Clay Is that, uh yeah. yeah, he moved to Arizona, but him and his wife were still on the voting rolls in Rhode Island. And if you pass away and they don't clean it up, but there are approximately 255,000 people who are on the voting rolls who are not in existence. So that gives you a pretty wide berth of voter fraud since only um, a million people are in Rhode Island and probably a third of those are too young to vote. I
4: know. I mean, this so shows how bad these Democrats want to win. And already, they already win anyway. <laughs> what length they'll go to? My God.
1: But, but having said that, if you vote for Trump twice, we, uh, Roger and I are going to look the other way. You can do that. <laughs> thank you. Anything else for us today?
4: No, thank you. I guess we're on the same page. All All right. Right. Thanks we for taking the
0: good. time.
2: Bye-bye.
0: We're going to take one more call in this uh, segment, and then we'll do a, a few commercials. Thank you for your participation today. Thank you, Nellie Garbia. For uh, creating um, an atmosphere that people want to call the talk show.
5: Hello there. Hi, maybe it doesn't have a petition, you know, like we don't want, you know, we don't want mail in voting. Because I definitely vote. I'm definitely against that. I want to go to a poll and vote.
0: (laughs) You're old fashioned like I am, I guess, huh?
5: (laughs) Oh, you bet. I'll never vote for a Democrat in my entire lifetime ahead of me.
1: You, you have not voted for a Democrat? Never. Beautiful. No, I,
5: my mother was all for Democrats, you know, and oh. my whole family. But now we for Republicans. I hope everybody wakes up. You I, know? I have,
3: I
1: have not met you, and I love you.
5: <laughs> you know me. <laughs> I'm, 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 an all-time, I'm an all-time listener. That's all
1: I'll say. We appreciate that very much. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the call, and keep up the voting.
5: Okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. 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 All right. Hey, we do have to uh, break here on the program for a few of our uh, uh, sponsors. And um, this message is going to be um, who uh, are some of the people out there that um, have supported us in the past. And we're supporting them right now. These announcements are presented by WNRI as a as a service. This is complimentary advertising that we're doing. It's a... Um, A service to our businesses and a a convenience for our listeners. Gators Pub reopened. Uh, They were were closed for about a month, but uh, they have reopened 769-2220. Pay by credit card, pick up at the front entrance. Check Facebook for weekly specials for Gators Pub. Ye Old English Fish and Chips open again. Um, Diane was uh, telling uh, our sales uh, person, Lorraine that we're going to be open at yield english fish and chips Wednesday through Saturday for take up takeout and pickup great uh, french fries right there at yield english fish and chips all right um, let's see another one of our uh, businesses uh, is the seafood peddler in Bellingham open to customers on Thursday Friday and Saturday uh, Thursdays uh, from uh, and Friday from noon to 6 p.m. And Saturday from noon to 5 p.m. during this period. And we are carrying everything from the docks except uh, base scallops. They're hard to, te- hard to find these days. Um, uh, and when you do find them, the price is so outrageous. No base scallops. We've got everything else at the Seafood Peddler. Thank you, Brian. K's is open for takeout, 11 to 8 p.m. daily with your favorite sandwiches available. And uh, check your Facebook page for K's and see some of the uh, specials uh, that they, uh, they have. They had American Chop Suey uh, yesterday when um, we were checking the K's Facebook page. But uh, on the other hand, I'll take a lobster roll anytime. time. is offering beer and wine also for takeout, according to state uh, law. And then Chan's is open every day at 2 o'clock uh, for our takeout on our popular drive through uh, window and everything that you want. Have you ever had Egg Foo Young uh, uh, from uh, Chan's, or is that something that just never appealed to you?
1: Oh, no. Actually, I was looking at it last night on the menu, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't order it, but I've had it before. Egg Foo Young, I would love it from Chan's. Uh,
0: gravy or no gravy, you can order it with the uh, brown gravy. Or you can uh, have it uh, without it. And um, some, it's, uh, sometimes I have it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel like a Peter Paul. Uh, well, <laughs> how did that go? Sometimes I feel like, like a nut
1: a... and sometimes I don't. Right.
0: That's the one I was thinking of. All right. Uh, a couple of more here on our list. And um, Savini's. Uh, we are open for takeout at curbside Thursday through Sunday. Today, 4 to 8. Tomorrow, noon to 8. Saturday, 4 to 8. And Sunday, noon to 8. And if Savini's Pomodoro is open, that means that our family-style chicken and seafood is available. Call ahead at 762-5114 for Savini's. i got one more that I um, I have to put in here, if I can find it. Yeah, Bocce. Uh, Joe Gaspar has been in the station uh, every week um, here, and uh, he says, Roger, tell them that we're open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's. Fridays at 5 with um, our full menu, but of course our fish and chips on Friday. And then um, Saturday at 5 with the full menu. And then Sunday at noontime, takeout orders at um, Bocce 767-2000. The Bocce Club of Woonsocket. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Family-style chicken available every day at the bachi these messages presented as a public service by WNRI and we're glad to do it because these have been customers of ours for years and uh, right now we are doing our best to make sure that uh, they're around for us uh, later on thank you you're listening to WNRI's Upfront a radio internet talk show now let's get back to the panel as a public service chris boule Uh, Financial advisor, are you open for business or do you have takeout service or curbside service? How do you do it?
1: I am open for business, as I mentioned the other day. Um, I feel very fortunate because I have a book of business that is really, I hate to use the word easy, but nothing has changed in terms of servicing the clients. Through email, through conference call, through telephone, it's very, very easy. Uh, What's happening right now is, you know, New clients and who are interested, maybe not, don't know me well, and so the in-person meetings are kind of on hold. Um, but uh, I'm saying, well, wait, I saw you meeting with somebody yesterday in the parking lot. Yes, yes, I uh, shout out to that gentleman. He was on one side of the car; you were on the other. Yeah, was, uh, gentleman, we had a, we had a great talk. He's 86 years old. Um, he's my idol. He does 100 push-ups a day. Good. And I, I won't mention his name because he didn't give me permission. He does 100 sit-ups a day, and he listens every day. And um, he enjoys Thursdays. He enjoys every day. And uh, a shout-out to him. We had a nice conversation.
0: Thank you for listening. Hey, we have some uh, listeners on board here. Let's yes. Let's uh, grab a few phone calls.
5: Hello. Hello. Very quickly, uh, I am totally against the, um, the concept, except for people who uh, have actual medical problems They can get an absentee ballot, this email stuff, so I'm all on board with you and the lovely lady who called before. But even over and above that, I would like to know, what is the cost of mailing all of these out, not only to mail to us, but enclosed is a postage-paid envelope to the Board of Elections? So we got it from Gorbea and now it's going to the Board of Elections. So, uh, I, listen, I'm not going to do it, but somebody out there has got to find out how much this cost. Whether it's a state rep or a state senator, I don't care. The other comment that I would like to make is um, I have been in contact with friends uh, pretty much all over the eastern seaboard, some uh, uh, um, on the other coast. They all feel that we are being trained as a population to give obedience to the government. Now, at first I thought, you know, why am I thinking this? This is nuts. This is me, uh, too much time, conspiracy theorist. But look at everything that is being done to get us to obey the government. I kind of flipped out last night when I saw um, President Obama... On my tax dollars, his pension is paid for with my tax dollars, and he is playing golf, chauffeured 40 miles away, and his wife, Michelle Obama, is doing a public service announcement saying, don't go anywhere unless it's essential. That kind of thing just drives me nuts. Um, there's a lovely article in this morning's call about a very handsome young man called Victor Hunt, and he is doing some kind of volunteer thing. I, I haven't um, read the whole article about um, STEM subjects, science, technology, I don't know, and mathematics, and um, it's all the sciences, and he's doing some kind of volunteer thing uh, with the distance learning. Listen, there's nothing like a face-to-face with a teacher you either hate or love, or somewhere in between. It it helps you develop in many ways, and so I want, I, I don't like this distance learning, but I know they can't do anything else, but
1: Goodbye. Thank I you. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, it's it, it certainly we're, we're giving up a lot of freedoms. And, but you can always go back in history, and you can find situations where we gave up more freedoms. Uh, FDR in the thirties grabbed all our gold. Um, they went, they went basically house to house and, and took all, everyone's gold. And then in uh, in the late forties, around World War II, they put all the Japanese Americans in in, in camps. Um, you could go on and on. So yeah, there's. there's it, it drives me crazy, uh, the stuff that we have to deal with, but you can always find moments in recent history where, where it's been exceeded by the government. And, of course, that's why we have the Constitution.
0: This morning's program is sponsored by Nelly Gobera, <laughs> Secretary of, um, of State of the Rhode Island. Thank you for the phone calls, Nellie, with your stupid mailing yesterday. All right, let's um, go to uh, this next call. Hello.
6: Hi, Roger. Hi, Hi, Chris. Good morning. Chris, uh, I listened to uh, Seth yesterday, and I don't know if I missed it or not, but did he say uh, the amount of uh, unfunded liability that the state pensions have?
1: No, we, we didn't get to that. It's uh, it's substantial. Um, what they did was they brought the the investment committee um, correctly brought down the rate of assumptions from. From eight and a quarter percent, I think to seven and a half down to seven percent. So it is in the it is in the um, billions of dollars. It's and I think it's probably about billion i thought, I'm, I'm sorry. Twenty
6: two, twenty two billion. I heard.
1: I don't think it's that high in the state. I, it's 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 about it's about seventy percent funded, I believe. And and of course, that's a, the the lower the assumption rate that you assume, the higher the liability will come up.
6: Okay, and. Uh, I know he said that uh, there's going to be a roadblock, uh, roadblock with uh, Attorney General Barr, uh, evidently in the uh, signing of the agreement uh, to get the funds out to the states. Uh, there was a, an inclusion in that uh, to, to, that states could not uh, take care of past unfunded uh, liabilities and other other restrictions that they had. And so, uh, what did he what did he seem to think? Was he was he uh, uh,
3: uh feeling
1: good about
6: that or I I would uh give
1: you any uh... yeah I would characterize that he understood that he said that the state does not want to use the money for any pension uh, solvency or anything like that you know he pretty much offered that up as opposed to anyone asking him a question about it so he said no we want to have more flexibility in the 1.25 billion billion dollars, I believe. I think they brought it up to $1.5 But they wanted more flexibility. My recollection was he made it clear that he didn't want to use it as a stopgap to fund, um, like, the Google money. You know, obviously East Providence and some of the other folks use it to prop up their pension plan, and you got to use the money for something. But no, I think he was pretty clear about that. He just wanted to make sure that we could pay our bills with it. But he did say that the $300 million line that was uh, created by Hamo, you know, went to one of the banks, that that line is now at zero due to the money that came in for the stimulus for the state.
6: Chris, also, just uh, jokingly, uh, every time I watch the governor on television, uh, I think I'm watching a religious ritual. Does anybody else get that feeling?
1: Well, I I think for, for for me she she's aggravating in the sense that she's talking down to people. She's she's basically auditioning for an, uh, a national position. My she's trim limited and she's trying to figure out what she wants to do. It was brought to my attention by three different sources that she was halfway out of the governor's office in November 2016 when she thought Hillary was going to win. So I think she's on audition for national position. I don't know what that would be, but I. I you know, I listen to the excerpts from Roger, and I listen to her once in a while on the weekend. But I find her off-putting and um, condescending. I
6: uh, I feel as though she's serving mass. <laughs> at the pulpit there. You know, I just uh, have a funny feel when I Well, see I, her.
0: S- I feel she's I serving like bullcrap with her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you might see it as a religious experience, but the the Rhode Island delegation prays. I want to ask Chris, uh, we are entitled to $1.25 billion of federal aid, and if um, if Jack Reed and David Cicilline and Sheldon Whitehouse and, um, and the other guy there, who I never can remember. Benjamin. If they weren't, if they didn't exist. How much would we be entitled to? We're getting $1.25 billion, maybe more. How much would... If they didn't exist, how much would we get?
1: Oh, if, if they didn't exist, we, we would have got about uh, a, a trillion dollars. <laughs> 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 no, no, I, I, I did hear you, gentlemen, this morning as I was driving up. Um, they, they basically... It was a formula. And um, they made no, no difference. I mean... What's she going to do, although she went out of her way to... Oh, she, over, she went out. It was sickening. Yeah, she, she, she overdid it. To mention all four of them and say thank you for their support and helping us, and, and just leave it at that would have been the appropriate thing. And
0: calling them the best congressional delegation in the country, and uh, and they're hated by, uh, by the Trump administration, we're lucky that uh, Trump didn't find a way to give us less money.
1: Yeah. And... and um Mitch McConnell said the other day, and in the, the, in, um, we asked um, the treasurer about it and talked about you know letting the states go bankrupt. What they don't want to do, and the president has said this, so it's, it's clear as day, and Mitch McConnell has supported it, is they don't want to subsidize states that are poorly run. Illinois, he named as one, and, and New York as they named it one. So they don't want to subsidize those, and they always did that with the salt, where you're limited for $10,000 for the state and local taxes. So they're making a case saying if you're going to be running to the ground, you're going to run on your own. But, of course, that really hurt the credit spreads when when Mitch McConnell, a very, very senior um, Washington politician, says let the states go bankrupt, and no state has ever gone bankrupt in the history of the country. A couple of cities have, of course.
6: I'm right here. Roger, um, I just want to say that uh, to thank you and your uh, I think it's your brother for having uh, Father Kylie on uh, on Sunday mornings at ten o'clock to read the scriptures. I think that's the most important thing that we can do today. and uh, I think if you could expand that a little bit more so we could have more scriptures, it'd be even better uh, Roger.
0: All right, I'll take the full credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> Since my brother takes full credit for a lot of other things, I'll take the credit for that, and I'll talk to Father Kylie and see what he says about uh, reading uh, a few more verses. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. And we are doing the Upfront program. Hey, uh, how about one topic from you, uh, Mr. Chris boulet if you... Because I know that you have a list of them. Then we'll do a commercial break, and then we'll get back to our phone calls. But... Um, I asked you to uh, come in here uh, uh, on yesterday's program, uh, and you did. And so I I really appreciate that um, you do all the prep. Of course, you're here every Thursday.
1: No, no worries. Um, I'm happy to do it. I, I'd always rather defer it to, to the callers. Um, you know, I can pontificate every Thursday with my thoughts, but the thoughts are really to kind of drive the discussion and, and hear from, from people a lot smarter than me. But if you're in the stock market and you're, or you're just following the stock market or both, And you think it's very volatile, you're not uh, dreaming. Stocks are on trend for their best month since 1974. So yesterday, with the discussion of Gilead basically potentially taking away a lot of deaths out of the COVID-19 equation, stocks went up 2%. And right now, as we sit here... The S&P 500 is up 13% for the month of April, and that's the highest one-month gain since 1974. So since Nixon was in office, um, this we've never had a month like this. And the earnings are coming in great. Uh, Facebook, you know, and I was thinking about this, too, is there's a lot of people who don't know much about the stock market, but they know – They trust their eyes and they see certain companies. Well, of course, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation on Facebook, but what are people doing? You know, if they can't leave the house, they're on Facebook all the time. Therefore, the advertisers are getting more hits. And then you look at uh, YouTube. I cannot watch live football, so occasionally when I have some time, I'll watch the replays of the great Tom Brady and think about how the Patriots used to be the dominant team in the uh, NFL. So you watch that, and that's advertising. You look at McDonald's, although their numbers were down, you look at, and it's only one... Um, you know, one uh, vision, but you look at the McDonald's and um, Diamond Hill Road, it's busy. They, they shut down their dining room, but that drive through is busy as heck, so they're probably going to do quite well. So sometimes you just trust your eyes and your feeling about how things are. But um, we will see. There's no question we're going to have a real strong pullback in the second quarter and see what happens in the third quarter. Back in a moment.
0: Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Our featured property this week is a new listing at 97 Papineau Avenue here in Woonsocket at 229.9. has four bedrooms built in 1945. And many treasures are to be found in the updates of this home. The newly renovated kitchen features a gorgeous granite countertop, antique white painted cabinets with upper and lower moldings and stainless steel appliances. And you can fill your pots with a water faucet installed directly above the stove. The bathrooms are nicely done with a sliding glass door for shower and undermounted double-sink vanity with a marble countertop this house is priced to sell quickly you'll find it at 97 papineau avenue in woonsocket give scott mcgee a call at 639-2906 scott mcgee your real estate for remax properties in this area okay thank you and there's our pr- featured property just a few announcements about uh some of um the businesses um in the area uh, that we um, we keep talking about We want you to know that they're, they're out there. Grumpy's. Uh, Brian is right there with his uh, his cooking crew at Grumpy's. Pulaski Boulevard, South Bellingham. Open for takeout and curbside. Grubhub delivery available. Open daily, seven days a week. And Grumpy's opens at three. Closes at nine. Full menu available, including their great burgers. 508 883 508 883 we are grumpies of south bellingham one of the uh, restaurants that um, is open here in the area uh, let me uh, find uh, another one here that um, we want to mention uh, our friends at the beef bond both locations bellingham and north smithfield open for uh, takeout full menu available Uh, They have Grubhub delivery service also, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And if you like a great pastrami sandwich, you can have it to go from... Yes, the beef barn we're there. We're ready to uh take care of you right, uh so bakery and dairy announcing the uh in store shopping has been paused, but we've got that curbside um pickup, and uh that's daily during our regular business hours. We're Monday through Saturday, eight to seven Sundays eight till five. We've got it all from dairy to cakes and bakery items. We are Wright's Bakery. We are Wright's Dairy Farm. And we're right there, ready to serve you. And um, Champs Liquors for Keyway on Clinton Street, open daily, 9 to 9, Sundays, 12 to noon. For the time being, door service only to avoid any health issues. Masks and sanitizing will be used on a daily basis. And we want to remind you, we've got some great specials at Champs. We're going to play their specials. And then when uh, we come back, uh, we'll take some more phone calls here on the Upfront program. Champs Liquors, open door service only. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Sockets still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And the sale goes on on Kettle Vodka, $32.99 for the 1.75 liter bottle. And Bacardi Rum, the 1.75 liter bottle is only $23. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30 pack twenty-five fifty plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway does high-rise and senior complex delivery service, too. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. We're back. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Okay, we have a couple of callers waiting. However, we do what uh, we call uh, housekeeping matters here on the program. Uh, Little uh, bits of information that we want to tidy up.
1: Chris? This information is from December 2019, but I I did want to look it up because the caller had me curious. Did not want to throw numbers around. But right now the unfunded pension liability for the state of Rhode Island is about $5 billion. And the other day we were talking about, and I said hundreds of millions of dollars, so... Last year, there was $413 million that was combined with employer and employee contributions for state employees into the pension plan. And it's going to grow to $650 million by 2029. And the pension plan is a little under 60% funded. And we just discussed that the lower the interest rate that you assume or the return that you assume, the higher the liability is going to be. So that's a decent number. It's not critical. We certainly need more good performance to grow out of it otherwise it's got to come from the state employees and it's got to come from the taxpayers those are the only three places it can come from
0: thank you chris all right uh, let's uh, press a few buttons here and get a few more comments from uh, people out in uh, radio Land. this one's still hanging in there hello there
2: i'm still hanging in there you can't get rid of me that's
1: all right
0: oh,
2: good morning gentlemen good morning the governor was on the air And uh, she said that the federal government uh, sent us one point, I think it was $1.3 billion uh, to help offset expenses because of the coronavirus. What she didn't uh, say was, thank you, President Trump, because without his signature and the Republicans in Congress, that $1.3 billion wouldn't be there. For the, for the state of Rhode Island. You no, never said that.
1: Yeah, no no question about it. I, I think it's, as Mr. Bouchard would say, it's in bad form. They, they, they stick together as Democrats and they refuse to say anything good about the president and it's almost like a club. It's almost like they lose a demerit nationally if they say something good about the president. You know, I read in the New York Times that Gina Raimondo actually complimented the President about something. We're gonna it's gonna hurt her status. She won't be secretary of transportation uh, in a democratic administration. It, it's really sickening and you bring up a very good point to the point that it's unfair to and 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 it's silly. There there are people who I don't think highly of in terms of their political status and what they do but i can't come here every thursday and just bash the governor and don't recognize when she does something good i i I think that's petty and and should be beneath people so you're 100 percent right in my opinion the president does something good you should compliment the president or he or she if there's a she in the future there will be um but to completely dismiss and only you know Yeah, if the president doesn't sign, it's not getting through. So, yes, you bring up an excellent point.
2: I hope the state of Rhode Island, the voters in the state of Rhode Island, are opening their eyes and looking at the whole picture and not just being biased and sticking with the Democrat Party. And or the opposite, if it was, you know, a Democrat president, I would say the same thing to Republicans. We, We need to open our eyes and start doing what's right as voters and not... Play uh, political politics all the
1: time. Thank you. Thank, thank you day. for the call. All right,
0: we're going to take another call. This is the upfront program. We're talking to people. Hello, you're next.
2: Good morning. How are you today? We're good. Hello. I just want to talk about the mail ballots. Uh, first of all, for those people who are concerned, they might get an application. Remember, this is just an application for a mail ballot. If you get an application for a mail ballot and the person no longer lives there, help, 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 help us clean up the list. Write, return to sender. Send it back person no longer lives there, perfect. Then you can Supp- clean up the list.
0: Supposing Number you want to dirty it up.
2: <laughs> Say that again? Well, here's the other issue. So yeah. suppose you wanted to do something untawdry. Suppose you filled out an application. What you're forgetting is the application gets filed. It's signed. Then the person's signature has to be matched up with, at the Board of Elections. If the signature doesn't match up, it's rejected. So it's just not that every application gets a, a ballot. They, there is a process that goes for it. In other states that have done this, Voter turnout has increased, and fraud has been very, very low. The only time, I think it's Colorado and Washington State, what the most problem they have is that a spouse may be signing a ballot for a spouse or, or or a kid or something like that. And they catch it. They catch it with a uh with the signature. I happen to be on a conference call with Common Cause where they talked about mail ballots. And that and that's just uh and, and, and that was one of the issues that was brought up with people in, in states that did it.
1: And let, let, let me ask you a question. do, do you support sure. voter ID?
2: Yes, I did. I did.
1: Okay. So, so again, it gives us pause when the Providence Journal does a story and, and nobody's refuted it that there's 255,000 people who are on the voting rolls who who don't exist. That that make, that's scary. And then when the well, Secretary of State in, 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 oh let me finish my point and then yep, sure. and then when the Secretary of State decides unilaterally with, without um, any General Assembly approval decides to take off um, the, the the birth dates of uh, people so you can't match them up it, it gives you pause.
2: Let me just suggest this. I, I might have misspoke. I, that now that we have the voter ID law, we've got to abide about it. Did I think it was a good idea when we put it through? No, I didn't. But here's the here's oh, the. Can deal.
1: I, may I? I'm sorry. Sure. I, I, sure. We can't. We're not making eye contact. Could you explain why you think voter ID is a bad law?
2: Because I because I do believe it does suppress vote. I have a personal experience of a of a of a person who I know personally who had who is 85 years old who voted in every election. Okay, her license expired because she got old and she just didn't. She didn't. She wasn't able to go. To, she wasn't able to get her license. She didn't want to ask. She didn't want to ask her kids to take her to the DMV to get a a whatever temporary ID or whatever it was. Uh, okay, she went to the polls to vote in a primary. She had voted in every election. She was turned away.
1: She was turned So, so, so away. we're going to All allow right, we're going to allow you, voter fraud story. for one person.
2: Can I give you another story? That's just absolutely please. That's the, so I also have an uncle who was a World War II veteran, okay, voted in every election. He got sick. He got sick. He wasn't able to uh, renew his license. He didn't have credit cards if many people of the generation have any other form of ID. Okay. He couldn't vote. He was not allowed to vote because he didn't have – when he went to vote, he didn't have a valid ID. That, that happens. Please acknowledge that some of it, it, it does happen. But let's get back to the, let's get back to the mail ballot again. And we're also forgetting that there's a real concern about getting poll workers. It's not only about the voter; it's about people who work the polls. And poll workers, as you know, are generally older people who uh, uh, you know who volunteer or get a very few, you know work basically 12-hour day for like 75 bucks. And it's, and communities across the state. Uh, when this primary was going to be happening in April, we're f- for finding it very hard for for people who had normally done this. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to work at the polls. So it's just not only the voters; it's actually the infrastructure that has to be set up to allow it. So is it a perfect solution? No. Is there fraud? I don't think there's as much fraud as people think there is. And again, if you want to cut down on the fraud, if you get a mail ballot application to your house and the person no longer lives there, whether it be a former tenant. A son, a daughter who moved out of state. Do your part. Put it. Return to sender. Send it back to the Secretary of State, and they will take the action to remove that person from the voting list. That's
0: what do you do, do about pathetic it? people like myself, who are, who I think are pretty, pretty level-headed uh, seven days a week? Why am I so suspect of this whole system? Now, now you're saying, "Hey, this is really, really good, Roger. I I, I feel like I need to go into counseling uh, because um, I'm I'm uh, I'm not uh, getting the right attitude. What's my What's my
2: well, problem? Well, you, 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 you might need counseling for another reason, but I don't know if it's been about vote val- ballots. True. Here's here's what here's here's what you need to do. You got to look at the states that have implemented mail ballots: Colorado, Washington. They're, 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 this, this is not a guesswork. Uh, Washington State's been doing mail ballot. Complete mail ballot elections for the last ten years. There's not, there's no evidence of, of, of overwhelming fraud. There's very little fraud. So I guess it's something new. I get it. People are, are suspicious. I, I understand it. It's not something that was done before, but it is a new world out there. And you know, and at the end of the day, voting is about not the candidates. It's about the election. It's about making sure that voters' will is heard. And therefore, if, if people are afraid to go to the polls for whatever reason, maybe it's the coronavirus this year, maybe it's the flu virus the next year, or whoever, wh- whatever it is, it, 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 this is a convenient way to allow people to uh, express the, their, their constitutional right to vote. And by the way, in the end, it's actually uh, much cheaper if, if, if you go to an old mail ballot system. So this is a test. This is a primary. I don't know what the big deal about a primary, Where the, uh, about voting for a primary, and the, the, the nominees for both parties are already pretty much decided, right? So we might not get a big turnout anyway. So this is just a test. This is a great way to determine if, uh, if our voter, voter uh, rolls need to be uh, cleaned up. Again, if you get an application for a mail ballot to a person who no longer lives there, do your part if you care about voter fraud. Yes, send that mail back. Say, person no longer lives at this address, and that's a perfect way to clean up these rolls.
0: Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. It. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.
0: And time for our final words here on the Upfront program. uh, Mr. Boulay. Things
1: you need a license for. Hunt, drive a car, drive a motorcycle, fish, sell real estate, buy a gun, use software, use a song, practice law, sell alcohol, fly a plane, practice medicine, import, export, manufacture, build a house, run a pub, breed dogs, get married, operate a forklift, practice medicine. I think you need a license to vote.
0: We're going to close the program with praise for the Rhode Island Congressional Delegation. Thank you for getting us the $1.25 billion. Governor Raimondo, you're on microphone. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you uh, next time.
5: Every Rhode Islander, I believe, owes a great measure of gratitude to Senator Reid, who's the leader of our delegation, most senior member, Senator Whitehouse, Congressman Cicilline, and Congressman Langevin. You see me every day. You haven't seen them every day. But I want you to know they've been working day and night and on the phone with me every day. Governor, what does Rhode Island need? And quite frankly, very simply, they've delivered. One and a half billion dollars, they've delivered.
0: And remember, if they went there, we'd get the same amount. Have a good day, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront,
1: presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI socket.